Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay, and this is our weekly digital marketing podcast. I'm joined by Vice President of Organic Search Operations, Dwayne Forrester. Really glad he's here. Virginia Nessie, Content Manager, Senior Technical Writer, Paula Allen, and Training Director, Mindy Weinstein. We have a great show for you today. Uh, Google just released their latest version of the Google Search Quality Rating Guidelines, and there were some additions that you should know about, even some reformatting. We'll be discussing them during our show, and basically we're at the end of 2015, so in the latter half we're going to talk about some of the significant changes in search and what stood out to us the most. So uh, please stick by, that'll be later in the show. Okay, well let's start off talking about the Google Search Quality Rating Guidelines. As a lot of you know, this is a document that Google produces each year, and it's for their internal search quality raters that they hire and employ, and it includes instructions. So they're actually human raters that they give it to. And it's used to evaluate sites as part of Google's ongoing experiments. Now what's interesting is in the past, this document has been confidential, except for it always gets leaked. <laughs> Go figure whatever goes on with that. But this is the first year that Google actually published it and released it to everybody. So that was definitely changed there. Now, the document doesn't reveal Google's secret sauce regarding the algorithm. I mean, I think that'd be kind of nice, but it does not include that. <laughs> it's just a glimpse of what Google values. So according to Google's announcement regarding the guidelines, um, they came out and said the guidelines reflect what Google thinks search users want, and therefore we can help webmasters and business owners understand what Google looks for in web pages. So the 2015 version had some new information that was in addition to last year, um, it included such focuses as usefulness, so that's another thing, is it useful, it's a new buzzword we're using, where needs met, then there was a lot on mobile and local. So Paula, who's joined us, created a great blog post where she outlined, really boiled down some of the key points within the guidelines of what came out with this newest version. And I really liked how she put together the blog post, which is available on our blog, so Bruce Clay dot com slash blog but you also Paula gave some good tips for business owners too so if you wouldn't mind just sharing what your some of your highlights when you were creating the blog post and what you found sure. in the guidelines well our whole approach was different from most of the media that's been on these guidelines within the industry there's been several good articles by Jennifer Slag and others that just point out the differences and what's new but we wanted to take a different approach because a business owner, it's an intimidating 160 pages of information. And a business owner needs to know not what has changed from the 2014 version. They need to know, what do I need to focus on? 
with my SEO and my website? You know, what is Google concerned with the most and how can I set up my budgets and my resources to align with that? So that was the approach we took and my post is still long, it's like 2,000 words, but it's a checklist that a business owner can go to. It's not the nitty gritty SEO you know, details, it's more like mobile. What does it mean to Google? Why should I focus on it? The checklist includes a lot of individual questions. But this idea of usefulness, before I get into the details, that actually is from a quote from Duane. And Duane, I noticed that in Google's guidelines, they use the word helpful 251 times. So kind of their version of useful is helpful. But you gave us this great quote that said that the goal of the search engines is to increase user satisfaction. And that's why we're calling this the new watchword. You want to explain that? Yeah. So, you know, for a long time, we've talked about this in the industry. A lot of our focus is usually on this concept of relevancy. You know, look up the keyword, put the keyword in your content, you know, make the context relevant, and then... If you follow that line of thinking, you will inevitably end up being, quote, relevant to the searcher, the user, and therefore the search engine will love you. Well, the problem today is, you know, if we've, I don't know, let's probably been focused on relevancy for over a decade now, you know, the engines haven't been sitting still. The algorithms have moved forward. I know my time at Bing, um, you know, this concept of relevancy was not what was talked about. The concept of usefulness was what was focused on Hmm. because being relevant doesn't necessarily solve the problem for the searcher. It doesn't prove to be useful in a way that changes the searcher's situation in a positive manner because, let's face it, every search is actually a question about something. A lot of them, it's just informational. The information is there. It answers the question. The searcher moves on. But in many cases, there's multiple steps happening. And the query that's entered is the first, maybe the fifth of 10 steps. And so along that path, you will prove to be useful if you continue to answer questions or you continue to help the searcher move farther along their path to get to their end goal. Things that aren't useful are obviously frustrating. Mm -hmm. You can think about that in our everyday times when we're doing searches for things, we're looking for content to answer a question, and we keep finding these potholes along the way, these dead ends that, you know, it's related information, but it doesn't answer my question, and I have to go back to the search results and so on. And ultimately, the goal of the the search engine is fewer clicks to completion. So if we know what someone's looking for, and we know the content has proven useful in the past, it's going to rank higher. Okay, so I'm going to jump back into the guidelines because in their new mobile section, they have a brand new section within the guidelines for mobile, and the focus throughout the whole document now is on mobile, even with most of the example screenshots included coming from smartphones instead of from, you know, desktop webs. But one of their instructions to their raters is to evaluate how really mobile-friendly a site is, ask these questions. How easy or hard is it to fill out forms or enter data? How does the site or the app behave on a small screen? Are all the features usable? 
and how quickly can the user get to what he wants to get? You know, how completely is the purpose of that page fulfilled? Exactly. You know, and, and these are critical things. I think it's very easy for us in the industry to look at this information and say, oh, we all knew that, of course. But the reality is a lot of businesses out there, the people that we're serving, that we're trying to help be more successful, this is a point they struggle with. The idea of things going mobile is still relatively new to a large portion of the business world. They're just wrapping their head around the concept of mobile now. They're not at that same part, uh, same location on the arc of the story as consultants and agencies and industry experts are. Right, right. We know that just being mobile, a business is looking at going MDOT, for example, like that meets the criteria of mobile in the business's perspective. They're investing money and time and resources in it, and that's a big deal for them. We're looking at this saying, no, MDOT is a failed experiment, time to move forward. We need responsive design. The entire site has to be built this way. If that's not on that business's radar right from day one on their mobile journey, then you know it's going to take them years to catch up. And that's what we're effectively seeing happening. Now, this is a move from Google to be able to tell people very clearly and never mistake this. They have very, very thoughtfully released this information mm -hmm. and yes. essentially told everyone, we've been telling you mobile is important. Now we're going to give you what appears to be an internal document that backs this up. Exactly. And now, no one, no one can miss this memo. I mean, if you've missed this notice, really, you shouldn't be offering services at this point. The fact of the matter is, mobile is critical. It has been for years now. And businesses need to make the move. This is a not-so-subtle push on Google's part to get people to take the action at the business level. And they should be paying attention to it. Because like it or not, consumers are already there. I mean, we're all on our smartphones. We're all on these enabled devices, our iPads and whatnot. That's how we're consuming things. Sure. And if, if we're not happy with it, well, you know, we start blaming. We blame our telephone, our, our uh, mobile carrier for the connectivity we have, our network access. We blame our data plan and we say that they're slowing us down. We blame our internet service provider. We blame the search engine for crappy results. The consumer loves to assign blame. The fact of the matter is they're in a, an ideal position. All the equipment today is fast. We've got quick processors. Nobody's really lagging because of the hardware in use in the mobile environment today. Generally speaking, the networks are good, the connectivity is reasonable. Where we do see this lag is in businesses adopting mobile properly. And I think that's one of the big realities behind this documentation coming out. And the documentation itself, it's useful. Anytime the search engine wants to give you a document that tells you what to invest in, you should pay attention to this. There's useful information in there. Not all of it, but it's in there. There are nuggets yeah. of useful information. I agree. There's, it's very helpful to see how clearly focused the uh, Google is on meeting the needs of the searcher. They actually have another whole new section in the document called Needs Met. 
And this needs met idea judges how fully a web page result meets the need of the searcher that came. And if a site is not mobile friendly, they automatically fail that criterion. Yes. One of the things, though, about what I think a user is going to experience is for 10 years, people were taught that relevancy was measured by a piece of software and it's an algorithm and you can measure it. It is qualitative, right? The problem I think everybody's going to have is when they look at usefulness, oh, every site is useful. Mm. Every person is going to think their site is the most useful site on the planet. And this is something that is highly subjective. And I think it's going to create as much confusion because nobody, is my site useful? Of course it is. Do people ever use it? Yeah. Can I use it? Yeah. Therefore, it's useful. Right. I think that's why there's so much value in Google releasing this document because they spend 160 pages giving very small detailed descriptions in every aspect what makes that site useful, what makes it helpful to that searcher. And you can start with our blog post. I've given links into the, the guidelines and sections I've called out. If you need more information about this point for your website, see this section. But it is a good checklist. I think it's smart of Google to have released it. Of course, and it's probably been long overdue. Yeah. I think what's smart here is that Google has officially released it. Yes. And that's the real value play here. I mean, let's face it, the document's been leaked, you know, a half a dozen times in the past. We all have copies of it sitting around. We've all read through it. It's pretty dry, pretty entry-level stuff. But that's how you train a human being to judge these things. The flip side to this, and this is always the really interesting part, this kind of goes back to what Bruce is saying. Usefulness will get flagged as a watchword. People will interpret it in their own ways, make their own determinations from it, and kind of fly off in different directions. What hasn't changed in the background of all of this is the fact that there's an algorithm that's determining most of how the rankings fall. So whether something is useful or not is largely determined by the algorithm, the same way as when we described it as being relevant. The difference being that useful encompasses a whole lot more information than just relevancy. Right. So I think that where we really have to be careful or where businesses need to be careful with this is thinking that there's somehow a shift to manual work happening versus the algorithm. And that is very clearly not the case and will not be the case. I mean, humans don't scale at these levels. They, they simply do not. But it's interesting to see that there's still this investment in training human beings for mm-hmm. oversight in these areas. That, to me, is a critical thing because that tells me that while we want to believe in the algorithms, we want to believe in the artificial intelligence that we're building and so on, we also want a layer here of human eyes with knowledge and understanding able to go back in and make changes or make final decisions on something. That's a critical thing. And it's 
critical in helping the systems learn along the way, as well as protecting the integrity of the results. Thanks, Dwayne. It's really awesome to have you know your perspective on the team now, and I think that if you want to check out this blog post, which is our checklist for making sure that your sites meet the new search quality rating guidelines, go to bruceclay.com blog and you'll find it there by Paula. It's time for a quick break. When we return, we're going to take a look back at 2015, go over some of the lessons that we've learned so that we can build upon these things in the year to come. Stay tuned for more SEM Synergy after this quick break. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Hi, welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia Nessie. As 2015 quickly comes to its end, we've been looking back at the lessons that we've learned and what stood out to us the most in search as well as social. We've actually got a fun series that we're running on our social media channels. Instagram is 
a really fun new channel that we're spending a lot of time on these days. And so we're kind of pulling together the lessons and resolutions of some people that you've probably heard of. I wanted to share some with you right now. Neil Patel, his lesson for 2015 was that links are no longer what you should be chasing. And kind of along the lines of what we talked about earlier with usefulness, he wants to focus more on building tools. That's a great mm-hmm. thing for him, obviously. He's made Kissmetrics and Crazy Egg. I asked Marty Weintraub of AimClear what he learned in 2015. He said that it's not just about psychographic targeting, but it's also about retargeting. So getting that next touch and nurturing the relationship. And Michelle Robbins, she's a great person in the industry. I know her from the conferences with SMX series. She's actually the chief technology officer at Third Door Media. And her resolution for 2016 was to nurture women in the STEM fields. So I thought those were all good. More on that series all month long. Oh, that's great. Well, for me, you know, instead of a lesson from 2015, just looking back, what comes to mind is what stood out. And what stood out to me the most was Google pre-announcing their mobile friendliness factor as part of the ranking algorithm. The fact that they pre-announced it, I thought, you know, let everyone know that this does matter. We've been talking about mobile friendliness for a while, but hey, everybody, this matters and this is when we're going to incorporate it. So I For me, it was the fact that Google gave so much visibility to something that was important. It should be important to us. It's important to the search engines. Plus, I liked, again, going with the visibility. We also got tools. We got the mobile friendliness tool that we could use to make sure that we were complying. We also started seeing mobile errors in um, Google Search Console, and we could see speed within Google Analytics. So what stood out to me again was that, you know what? Google told us this is important, which we should care about. Here's visibility. Fix it if it's not working. So that was a big highlight for me for 2015. Yeah. So I'm actually gonna I'm gonna echo a bit on the mobile friendliness topic. I mean, you know, it's been coming for a while. It felt like it's been kind of percolating in the background for the last couple of years, and I think this was the year that it was really formalized. I mean, Google talked about it. Bing talked about it. It's in the Handrader guidelines. You know, this is now the moment where every person who's been hedging their bets has solid information to go back in their company and say, now we must invest. Where's the money? Where's the resources? Let's move forward. And equally surprising to me throughout this year is even though, you know, we have all of these large corporations who have people plugged into this industry. There's been relatively little movement in this area. You can still go to a lot of big websites and have a poor mobile experience. So I'm very grateful and very impressed with all of the direct open attribution around mobile from the engines. I'm also slightly perplexed by the seeming lack of immediate investment by a lot of major websites. Well... This is Paula, and I also want to talk about one of the responses that we got from marketers. Andy Crestadina submitted what he learned in 2015, and it really resonated with me. He learned that marketers need to network with other marketers and how important that sort of collaborative community feeling is. We spend so much time in this company developing those relationships online. We have, you know, our community management team. We're always online. We're connecting with not just potential clients, 
we're connecting with other marketers. And what we found is that it takes a, a long time to really build a strong network, but once you do, it starts to pay off. They start to share your content, you start to share theirs, and you start to collaborate more. And that may not be, you know, a huge revelation to most people, but it was for me this year to really experience it. Well, I think, in for my view on this, I think that all of this is right. I'm a big believer in looking at the future and looking at the past. I think for the last 20 years, January will be 20 years for us, that there has been a rather flat, linear evolution of SEO, that every year there was something new, and at the time it seemed significant, but that all of this coming together right now and the shift away from hardcore on-page, hardcore linking, hardcore SEO in general, which were rather easy to finesse, if you will, that it seems to me that the entire metamorphosis of our industry from the standpoint of marketing is just now happening. I think mobile is a, a big catalyst. I think that Google recognized, and others being Yahoo, recognized that mobile and local are both opportunities for them to do some serious changes. And I think that what we're really seeing for technology and industry and everything this year is that we are in the stage of giving birth to a new industry. That more so now than ever before, we're, we're seeing a lot of change go on. And I think that's really the message and, you know, the sort of the moral of this whole thing. And yes, we have to sit here as practitioners and pay attention to the pieces because the pieces add up. And yes, we have to move the clients, but we really are seeing something that we're asking questions we've never asked before. Wasn't it they were kind of asked? I don't think they've been asked. And if you can envision the same industry in two years, we are going to be an entirely new industry. And it's time for, you know, real agencies to come in, pony up, and lead. And, you know, that's a, a big part of, you know, why everybody is joining this company, because we are going to follow that path, and we're going to be in front. But I find that very exciting. Definitely is. Well, it's exciting. Well, it's fun looking back, I should say, 2015 it's also exciting, you know, looking forward, which, you know, we'll have more predictions coming up for 2016. But that wraps up our show for today. So thanks to Webmaster Radio and thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show to get new episodes delivered straight to you on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or your preferred podcast app. For more from the Bruce Clay team, visit bruceclay.com slash blog. And we will see you next time on SEM Synergy.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.